You're watching No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major auto pockets, and Odyssey as well. Today, my guest is St. Patrick of the Garrison uh, Journal of Deep. Oh God, I always say this backwards. Uh, History and Deep Politics. Uh, you know, I recently had a Kenneth trying to do a piece uh, put in there in the most recent issue, so I highly suggest go check that out. That'll be in the video description. Do want to get a little uh, little plug to the uh, the homie uh, at uh, I don't even know what his ad is now. He's not Tim Tuttle now because it's a second account. So uh, go check him out on Twitter. He's the one who made that edit. Uh, do want to remind you guys how this works. Uh, you know, if you're not a patron, you're seeing this late. So this will have gone out roughly a week or so before you guys have seen it. Uh, it'll be a lot. It is usually set up as a live stream for my patrons. Uh, they have access to it early. They can, you know, give questions, a bunch of other stuff ahead of time. Uh, if you want to have access to that content early, it's patreon.com. No way, Jose 2020. Lowest level is two bucks. That gives you the early stuff. Uh, there's differing levels, like five bucks questions. Uh, and it goes on from there. $20, my sponsor level. My sponsors are Jeremy, who is an Etsy store, etsy.com. So shop is Raising Liberty. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeremy Rhymes and Toad, uh, my co host on Tower Gang. You can follow him on Twitter at Tower Gang Toad. I also have Zach Overacker at Z-O-V-E-R-A-C-K if you want to follow him. I also have Lindsay. He's been doing a lot of OKC stuff on TikTok. She's been covering that uh, covering that platform because you know, I know I'm not going to. That's for sure. She's doing a lot of good stuff. Uh, you can follow her there at, um, uh, because it's not an at. It's TikTok, so it's different. Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, it's now Lindsay OKC. Uh, Lindsay with an E. Um, and then I also have Matt, who all he wants me to say is repping the 219, praise hell, praise Dale. And then at Abrogate D's. Uh, and with that, uh, also do remind you guys, go if you want to get my merch, go to toploffs.com, use Jose at checkout. That's where you can get the Terrence Zeke shirt, uh, you know, other No Way Jose gear, or just other show gear, or gear that's not even related to shows. He's got a lot of stuff there. Uh, definitely go check that out. Top's one of my co-hosts on Terror Gang as well. Good guy. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get SD in here. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, Jose. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, no problem. It's a pleasure. Uh, yeah, you know, it's great having my piece in in, in there. I definitely, uh, you know, I, I mostly know of you. I mean, we've interacted a little bit. Mostly know of you through Richard. Uh, he kind of so I. I think you went mute somehow. There you go. Hello. That was weird. Yep. I don't yep. know what I yep. did. My mic just went out. Perfect now. Yep. Sounds good. Fuck. That was very odd. I don't even know what I did. 
All right. Well, that's not good. I spent like 300 bucks on this mic. <laughs> but I mostly know of either Richard. Uh, so, I, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. I think I find him to be a good judge, uh, you know, when it comes to people. And so uh, it means a lot to me. I defer to him on that. So I definitely think you're one of the good guys. So I appreciate having you on here. Uh, it's really cool. So I guess we can kind of start off with uh, just kind of let people know who you are, kind of, uh, you know, get a little backstory and kind of, you know, garrison uh, kind of your story. And then obviously we'll, you know, from there go off into conversation. But I, honestly, I'm kind of, you know, take as much time as you want with this. We can go for a while because I am pretty interested because I don't really know much of the backstory behind all this and how long you've sure. been, you know, kind of hanging out in these circles and stuff like that. Sure. Well, I, um, so I'm a small town Illinoisan kid. So a town of about 11,000, which is uh, about two hours away from any larger town. And so you can tell I sort of, um, sort of have that feel and that vibe when I grew up. I'm, I'm kind of used to knowing everyone and knowing everything that's going on in the town. Went to college at Southeast Missouri State. Uh, couldn't decide if I wanted to be a journalist or if I wanted to be a high school history teacher. So I did both. So I majored in both, got a minor in poli sci, um, and then taught high school IB history of the Americas, AP US history for about 10 years uh, at both public and private schools all over the country. Uh, that was an interesting learning experience, especially in the history field. You know, you know, I mean, there were some pros and cons about it. But after that, you know, I really did always like magazines and I really did always like AM overnight talk radio. I was a huge Art Bell fan. I mean, absolutely all in on Art Bell. And so I sort of was inspired by him to start a podcast, which we've done about 180 episodes of. Uh, I, I don't do it as much anymore because I spend so much time on the publishing aspect of things at this point. We're doing, I think it's issue 13 of Garrison right now. I can be more specific. Uh, no, uh, issue 14. Yeah, we just released issue 13. That's the one that had your article in it. Um, so we're going to release issue 14 in probably two or three weeks. And it's really a journal like the old ramparts or like the old really topic specific journals that used to be out there and sort of copied on Xerox machines and passed around. Well, now we sort of have the means, you know, to publish independently and to use real software and, and we, we can sort of make them a little nicer than what they used to be. But my idea was just to have a journal of the things that I was interested in uh, being, you know, the JFK murder, Watergate, you know, the back to, you know, the murder of Abraham Lincoln, um, you know, the bombing of the Maine, uh, Pearl Harbor, Iran-Contra, Oklahoma, Waco, all of these things. And when I went to college at Southeast Missouri State, um, I was, uh, you know, from a small town and I didn't really, I would, I was probably not worldly at all. And then I can remember one day sitting in my dorm room and watching the ATF burn down the home. I don't want to call it a compound. I think that, you know, that a compound is a loaded word um, as a cult is a loaded word. And I don't want to use cult or compound. What they burned down was a home. And it was a home to close to 100 people. I think there are 20-something children in Waco. 
And from that point on, I just, you know, from that day, I, I mean, I can remember that day and me thinking at a young age that I will never be a partisan again. I will never support either party. And I've been an anti-partisan and really for me, an anti-partisan is not like an independent, you know, an independent to me is a person who says, well, I sometimes like one. I sometimes like the other. I sometimes like this. And it's really soft. Um, I absolutely have hard views. I absolutely have distinctive views. I, I just don't believe that the answers are going to come from either party as structured right now. It's not going to happen. And so I decided at that point, I wasn't ever going to vote for either party again or support either party again. And I do vote. I do think it's valuable to vote, but I vote third party. I'll be that, you know, that 0.0001% that just moves that needle that states I'm not going to support either party. And um, really, that takes us to about where we are right now. Now I'm in, you know, northern Indiana and again in a small town, which, uh, you know, I feel very comfortable in. But that's basically who I am. Awesome. Uh, so you said you were a history teacher. Do you end up leaving yes. or do you do your kind history of teacher? Time? Yeah, no, I. I I'd always liked magazines and I'd always wanted to write and I'd always wanted, I still, even though I'm probably known more now as a publisher or an editor, I, I think I'm a writer first and foremost. And, um, but it's interesting being the editor and the publisher, I have to spend most of my time doing those jobs that I do writing and researching, but I, I, I would really like to write and research more. That's so I didn't want to be 65 years old one day and think, well, what would have happened if I would have started my own magazines and if I would have had, had my own show and if I would have done all this? I didn't want to have any regrets whatsoever. So I was happy as a high school teacher. I was fine. I didn't hate it. I didn't even not like it. I mean, I liked it. I just did not want to have any regrets as I got older. And then my mom got ill in Illinois, so I moved back home. And it was just sort of a perfect transitional time period and point in my life where I could say, okay, I'm going back home to help take care of her. So let's just start this now. Let's just start this new adventure. And so I did. Awesome. Uh, did you, I mean, I'm kind of curious, did you find yourself having many issues? I guess you're doing high school, so maybe a little bit more mm -hmm. like you probably have more control over your curriculum, but did you ever really have many issues with the uh, kind of, because I mean, obviously you're given, usually probably given textbooks or something along those lines, supposedly, you know, I assume supposed to somewhat go by them. Uh, did you run any issues of that? Because I know I have kid, I have a 13 year old, 10 year old, and I swear to God, anytime they try to talk to me about their history, like school and history, so just everything. It's just like, ugh. Like I want, I, I'll like, I'll try, I like, I will. And I'm not even like a huge history buff, but I know mm -hmm. enough to be like, that's bullshit on, on, you know, whatever given thing. But yeah, you know, most yeah. of the time just kind of like, eh, all right, well, this is, I don't think you want to listen to me for an hour. So just know that's probably not, that's probably not right. And don't take everything they say for granted. Uh, if right. you find yourself in many issues with something along those lines or not really? Um, only once, uh, I taught in a Catholic school for a couple of years and they actually took issue with how I taught, um, how I taught the unit on Henry the eighth and the inquisition. <laughs> so being a Catholic school, they weren't, um, I, I, I tend to decide with Henry the eighth and in his battle with the Pope. And I tended to talk about how the Spanish 
crown at the time was almost wholly responsible for the Inquisition, and they happened to be uh, big supporters of the Catholic Church. So the school didn't like that as much, and I, and I got spoken to, but I'm I'm stunned that I didn't get spoken to more. And I think part of that is because at that time when I taught, history wasn't really state-tested. So they were spending most of their energy really monitoring the math instructors, the language arts instructors, the science instructors, because they were on the state tests where history was not yet on the state tests. So we were sort of shoved to the back. The bad part of that is that we were regularly understaffed. But the good part of that is that we really weren't touched. And the standards are so general in most states back then it would be like you're supposed to teach the the causes of pearl harbor okay well that's pretty general i can teach the causes of pearl harbor any way that i wanted to as long as i taught the causes of pearl harbor which i thought was really fantastic actually and yes we had a textbook that we were mandated to hand out and to use in the classroom so on day one, I had every kid in my classroom hold up the textbook. And I said, this is your textbook. I want you to place it under your chair. That is where it will remain the, re the, the remainder of the year. If you need a map, it's got some excellent maps in there. If you need to know how to spell a name, check the index. If you want to see some really good historical pictures, check the book. Uh, otherwise, uh, all of your education is going to be up here, up front. And you and I are going to talk about history for the remainder of the year. And so I didn't really use the textbook per se. Now, um, some parents I'm sure had had a problem with that. If they didn't agree with anything that I said, I'm sure they, they did. But I really did try to go at it to where if there was a general view in the class, I really probably took the opposite side, even if I didn't agree with it, just to sort of show them that there are two sides to every story. But everyone always asks me if I sort of taught the alternative way instead, if I sort of taught the way that you and I might teach <laughs> to teach history class, right? And my answer was, no, I didn't automatically go there because I used to always say I could teach them the alternative to the mainstream, but what am I supposed to do when they don't know what the mainstream is? Like if they've never learned the mainstream, how, how can they learn the alternative to the mainstream? How could they ever know? So you sort of have to teach the mainstream and then the last day of say every unit or every topic say, but here's the other perspective on this whole story or on this person or on this event, because it's not so easy. People are complex and history is hard. This is not so easy. So there are no black hats. There are no white hats. It's, it's all just going to be hard. Um, and it is. And, and I kind of liked that. I kind of liked teaching that way. Uh, we hadn't, no enemies, but we had no heroes. And uh, it it made it a bit more complex, but I liked it. Yeah, no, I like that. That's a good, smart way to look at history. I kind of wanted to get into one of the biggest things I probably want to talk to you about is probably just 
roughly the you know in general the atmosphere or this the sphere that I, I don't know maybe there's a different things we can call it but i guess you could almost call it like the parapolitics type sphere it's like I, I know me i'm in this weird spot where i'm kind of like between two circles because a lot of my content i cover a lot of like libertarian philosophy mm-hmm. but then on the other hand i cover a lot of like conspiracy stuff but stuff that people consider you know parapolitics or uh, i mean really that's probably the best word i've heard for it. it's kind of like because it's conspiracy but it's not like just because you know when people see hear conspiracy that's such a wide range of options i could be talking about remote viewing i could be talking about ghosts mm-hmm. aliens right, right, jfk right. but it's like i feel like the, this parapolitics fear is more like this this you know the almost like true crime type stuff mm-hmm. although there are sometimes peppered in there weird stuff but stuff that has credence to it you know things like mk ultra but to most people like whoa that's crazy or even things like remote viewing like it wasn't even you know, just recently I was looking at the FOIAs where the CIA had remote viewers that saw mm-hmm. some stuff in relation to Oklahoma City bombing. So it's like th- that stuff is out there, but it mo- this stuff mostly focuses. And it's like it, it's almost like this fear has become this weird mix of history people, political people, uh, conspiracy people of all you know types, whether it's a, the types are into like. I mean, I, I say kook stuff just for convenience, but I actually kind of, mm-hmm. I personally love that stuff. Honestly, I, I listen to like Tim Foyle hat by saying with Sam Tripoli, like all the time. I love mm-hmm. listening to weird stuff, about like, I know numerology or, uh, or ghosts or, you know, dog man or whatever. I don't know. It doesn't mean I believe it. I just find it interesting. Uh, if anything, I, I, you know, I don't, for me, it's almost like, um, it's like a thought experiment hearing that kind of stuff. And then it's, mm-hmm. I always find it fun listening to people, how they get to their justifications of, you know, things. It mm-hmm. almost gives me interesting new ways to think or not to think. Um, you know, I, I know I, I enjoy it for those reasons. That's just fun. I know, it's just something weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I really honestly don't believe most of that stuff, but I do find them interesting. Uh, but I guess I just kind of want to get your thoughts on the movement or the group or whatever you want to call it at large, because I don't even know if I'd necessarily call the movement. I feel like that's not the right word. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I don't know. I, I've definitely seen a lot of issues, a lot of good things. Uh, I know within this fear, there's a lot of... Um, seems like there's a lot of like sniping at people in a lot of places. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and it is, I think, uh, part of that is a function of the fact that this sphere doesn't have it like a designated political or you know a specific nailed down identity so mm-hmm. i think that's where a lot of infighting and, and a lot of this stuff comes from although there is infighting in other groups like i said i'm in the libertarian sphere but it's different it's like it's very different type of fighting uh it, it, you know, i don't know if you i guess i'll kind of pass it off to you now i think you kind of get the rough mm-hmm. uh, general idea i'm kind of getting at because uh, i know you've been kind of in the spheres for a while so i just kind of want to get your thoughts you know pros cons whatever Right. You know, it's an interesting world. And I I think the sad part of what I see happening a lot right now is, sadly, again, it's starting to overlap with the sort of mainstream world of politics, where when I was sort of growing up in this world, there weren't necessarily uh, Republican conspiracies, and there weren't conspiracies of the left. Now, sure, you have the COINTELPRO stuff, which would tends to lean to one side or the other. And then the John Birch society was on the other side. And then you'd have whoever's in office, you'd have, you know, if it was Reagan in office, you would have the October surprise and you'd have Iran Contra. And in the nineties, you had a lot of Arkansas stories. And um, again, Iran Contra bleeding over into Arkansas and, 
So there's always been a little bit of that, but I'm starting to see it right now, especially in terms of like the Hunter Biden case or in terms of that one side is just not going to believe what we would call a conspiracy theory um, if it doesn't sort of align with their politics. And I think that's a dangerous world for this to go. I, I think inherently the parapolitical world is supposed to be at the very least nonpartisan, if not anti-partisan. If you haven't seen enough at this point to sort of have some sort of consternation with both parties, you haven't read enough. I mean, it's just we're at the point where if you tend to root for a party like it's a sports team, I have to question your line of thinking to begin with because it's it's not sports. It's it's very real and it affects real people and you might care about them. They don't care about you. And this whole idea that you and I are going to fight on the streets about abortion, but in Washington DC, the two people who you think are fighting are going to brunch and they like each other. Like the fighting is all at the bottom. It's divide and conquer completely. And it's working. They are conquering. It's working. And we are losing. Make no bones about it. And the more I think more people are starting to become informed, the more I think we're losing. Because we're starting to have these things where we become informed on our pet issues and our pet perspectives. But we don't become informed on a larger picture of everything is going wrong. You know, you know, this is not just a JFK thing. This is not a um, a Pearl Harbor thing. This is not a bombing of the main thing. That this is not, um, you know, going back even farther than that. This is not a Knights Templar thing. You know, you know, this is, you know, this is um, a fight. Uh, about class and this is a fight about those who have power and those who don't and to me those are the only parties that there actually are are those who have power and those who don't and it is tough to see i mean i've been in the jfk field the longest the infighting is uh, phenomenal i mean it's it's so bad uh, and it's again it but it works the same way it's the nicest people who are at the bottom who are being stomped on by the uh, hierarchy that basically appointed each other as the hierarchy in the JFK field. And the hierarchy at this point um, is a group of JFK apologists that refuse to see any issue or any affair or anything about JFK that they don't like, or they'll stomp on you publicly and destroy your image, destroy your reputation. And they'll call you, yes, that they'll say, well, he must be intelligence. He must be CIA because he doesn't agree with me. So he must be CIA. And it's really bad because you're about to lose the JFK field. It's going to be Pearl Harbor in 20 years. It's going to be at a point where the JFK hierarchy have died off. And because they've done such a terrible job at passing this down and making the story important and making it a microcosm of larger things to high school and college kids because they've mainly written these these massive tomes to impress each other 
not to impress anyone else only to impress each other and to have the pats on the back of the conferences from each other. And I've seen them at conferences. I've seen them operate at conferences. They'll be talking to normal common people interested in the case and they'll look past them the whole time, just trying to find someone more important to talk to. It's such a horrible, horrible thing. And now that's not to say that the, there aren't a group of people in the JFK field who are fantastic and so nice and so helpful, but largely it's not the hierarchy. That's not where you're going to find it. And I'm going to guess the UFO field is the same way. I'm going to guess almost all of these fields um, are the same way. I, I will say that the Watergate field in which I'm probably as much in that as I am the JFK field, the Watergate field uh, has been fantastic and there's almost no infighting whatsoever. They're extremely helpful, extremely knowledgeable, and they write for everyone. I mean, it's an outlier at this point though, because all of these fields can be contentious. Yeah. You brought up a, a few, actually quite a, a few interesting things there. Um, I, I guess one, one of the point I want to hone in on is I, I think you hit, you know, there was multiple things in there, uh, you know, so far as the issues within this group or whatever. And I think one of them is, uh, you, as you're kind of getting at, it's almost like this self aggrandizement, uh, or, mm. or like, a you know, looking out for yourself, whether it's to, I, I don't know, you're trying to put down other researchers so you can look better or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I'm, I'm very much not in that vein. Although uh, the irony is like, uh, for those who know, like the, uh, my personal, I, I've talked about this on my show, my personal, I just could almost call it my ethical philosophy or philosophy or whatever you want to call it is I'm technically, I'm, I'm, I generally, I'm not like, a, I guess I'm not like, a, you know, stuck to this, like biblical, like to where I stick to this perfectly, I guess, but uh, I'd call myself an egoist, which, uh, you know, anyone mm -hmm. familiar with egoists, it's kind of similar in a certain sense, like Rand's idea of things. I'm very much, uh, you know, uh, was it rational self-interest? I'm very like in my head, I am the, you know, I literally, the way I perceive the world is, you know, everything's coming from my point of view. And so for everything goes out from there. So, you know, and you know, every, I, everything I do is in a sense to the benefit of me, but the problem is we live in a world with other people and I have other people that I care about and I like mm -hmm. them in my life because I like that personally. So, you know, whether it's my family, so I, mm -hmm. you know, my wife, like I, I love my wife because I, I, like I want to be with her. It's, it's not like any sort of like uh, obligation, you know, and same thing with my ch children. And so it is in a weird way coming from a selfish place. And I have the same perspective when it comes to stuff like this. So for me, I'm very much a rising tide raises all ships. So for me, me, mm -hmm. my thought process is, you know, the best thing for me is to be helpful, to be working with people, to try to get other people to break research or, exactly. or to get into research, looking into things, because all that does is gives me more to war to work with, gives, you know, other people in this field. And it's kind of like it brings everyone up. It's this idea that's like this. It's like a law of abundance is what a lot of people use too to kind of describe this concept. It's the idea that like, that there's some limited amount of clout or whatever the fuck the thing mm -hmm. is you're looking mm -hmm. for specifically is kind of silly. And the, you could, and I think like me working with another person, you know, or multiple people to bring them up also brings me up in a certain sense. So yeah. I, I, I guess I also, I just think this, like this certain self obsession is actually kind of a 
in a weird, uh, you know, par almost paradoxical way, it's kind of, you know, works against what you, your actual ends are and your ends being to <laughs> aggrandize yourself. If anything, you just kind right. of typically become someone people don't want to work with, don't want to be around, or, mm -hmm. you know, people be like, oh, this guy did this per thing to that person. And I think over time it comes back to you. This is in libertarian philosophy, this concept of high time preference, low time preference, high time being like, you're looking for immediate results. Uh, you're, you're not willing to like do, do any sort of delayed gratification. That typically means you're going to get less of a given thing mm -hmm. as opposed mm -hmm. to uh, more delayed gratification, low time preference, where you're typically how that usually works out is you end up with more. It's the idea of like, Hey, uh, I'll give you one cookie now, or you can have four cookies later. So this is that idea. Um, and I, that's kind of how my perspective on, I think you're kind of the same. Maybe I'm assuming you mm -hmm. probably don't have the same ethical philosophy as me, but I, you know, I think that logic lines up. I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, and I think it is kind of silly when people behave in this manner, because I don't think it really does anyone any favors. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, <laughs> a couple things there. We, I always find the anti-capitalists very unique people. And there are a few that we both follow, I think, um, online. And you hear them discussing anti-capitalism all the time. <laughs> Excuse me. But what you find is the way they op operate their own careers is very capitalistic. <laughs> very capitalistic. And so you're sort of sitting there reading them um, bash capitalism as they are heavily engaged in capitalism at the very same moment. And so you're, you're wondering like, what's the philosophy between where's that line between what you espouse and who you actually are. Right. And you try to get those to align in some kind of way, but we also have this problem of perspective. And I think this at a JFK conference all the time you know it's always in a hotel and the hierarchy you'll see them sort of walking through not making eye contact with anybody they're only trying to find four or five people to speak to who are at least at the point where they are or above um, and they're very important in the ballroom but the hotel staff has never heard of them in their lives and they'll never hear about them in their lives. You know why? Because they're really not that important. Not in the grander scheme. Um, and the authors that you and I like, who we like and respect and admire, can walk into a McDonald's tomorrow and nobody will have ever heard of them. So you do have to have some perspective about all of this. I mean, even Noam Chomsky, who's kind of a name, uh, could walk into a Walmart and maybe only a couple people will have ever heard of Noam Chomsky. And he's about as much of a name as you know, you can possibly be in this sort of alternative academic field. And a lot of people would now argue if he's alternative at all. And I get that. I don't want to go into that argument. I get it. The point is, the point is he's about as much of a name as you can be. And he should still have some perspective about how well known his name actually is off of a college campus because uh, I, we, we have a hierarchy, but we only have a hierarchy. If you respect the hierarchy, if you don't respect the hierarchy, there is no hierarchy. 
if you just, and I decided a couple months ago, I said, I've had people in that hierarchy in the magazine before, and I've written the email and, and I wrote the, you know, gosh, I just respected this piece and I just is okay if we use it and blah, blah, blah. And I just decided I'm finished. I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, because I don't respect the hierarchy and my, my hierarchy are the people that I like the people that I respect and those who have been kind and helpful to me. And if they haven't, I don't need them. I mean, I have other projects. I think it's a great magazine, uh, no matter who we have in it because of the topics that we cover because no one else is covering them in this way in print. And so these are going to be magazines that you're going to have on your shelves for years and look back on and think, oh, yeah, this was a great issue. It's hard for me to do that after spending, you know, a couple hundred hours on one issue and being so into it that I can't look past it. But I keep thinking to myself in 10 years, I'm going to pull these off the shelf and I'm really going to like this issue. Just not right now. Right. <laughs> because I'm so into it. But uh, I, I, I just decided that. You know, I'm going to streamline life. Actually, I've gotten rid of a bunch of things. Uh, I, I sort of have a smaller life now. I travel more. And I've decided, you know, the people I like are the people I like. And there are no hierarchies in my life. Not anymore. N not that I respect. Um, and I think that's healthier, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, that is a great point. It is funny how you know people don't realize what niches a lot of these things are, and you mm -hmm. know have that proper perspective. Like, uh, hell, like uh, I mean, I don't think I'm by any means really any sort of celebrity at all. You know, even like a I guess you could call me a niche micro, but even that's pushing it. Uh, but like, I still go to like whenever I the the few times I'll go to like events that are kind of my crowd, it will be like oh, and everyone's trying to grab my arm, and it's like you do feel kind of like whoa, yeah, 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 and, like yeah, for and, a second. But, yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, I don't me, I like, I don't, I guess I like it in a sense. I mean, I feel like there's different type of people. There's people who are extrinsically and intrinsically motivated. I'm more intrinsically. Mm -hmm. I've never been one. If anything, I typically don't really like. Uh, you know, overly, I don't know, like, uh, you know, I, I don't know, good job. Like, it's like, I do like like a good job at a boy or whatever, but like, I don't, I don't like this public displays. Like if you're going to say, Hey, good job. I, if anything, I'm typically prefer like a, uh, you know, like at least on person to person interactions, like a, you know, like, Hey man, like a, mm -hmm. a private thing. I'm not like a one that really wants to say to the world, like if anything, you know, just prove it with your actions. People see it anyways. Uh, but it, the point is going to, it's like, but then in a real world, I don't think I've ever that I can recall been recognized outside of any of these events right, so. right. <laughs> like, at a conference i mean at a conference i hate hearing you're fantastic i love you i love hearing i love that magazine that's so helpful and so educational and so informative i love hearing that they like the magazine i love hearing that they like the work i i don't need to hear that they like me because i'm always like uh I'm really not fantastic. I promise you. I promise you. I'm not that impressive. So, um, but th thank you so much for liking the work. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, get back to this kind of like this parapolitics group movement, whatever you want to call it. 
Um, I, I, you kind of hit the nail on the head with another other thing is I do think that there is, being as there is no designated, you know, left, right, middle, whatever with this, I do think we do see a lot of issues there. Uh, I, and I, you know, I, I've seen it already. I mean, I'm not like upset about it. I don't really care. I'm very much a person that will block and move on. But like being me, I'm definitely like, if you were going to like do your standard left, right, I guess, depending on, you know, what your, your parameters are, cause it's such a broken left, right. What, what does that even mean? But generally speaking, I'd probably be far more on the right than I would be on the left. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, for those who, you know, if this is the first time watching, I'm an anarchist, uh, anarcho-capitalist, agorist, wh- whatever you want to call it. So I'm like, yeah, I don't believe in government, but I like, and it, I'm very much pro-capitalism, very much. Uh, and then my, uh, so far as my cultural views, uh, I mean, I have a few things here and there a little off. Uh, from the typical like conservative, I mean, I I am like an atheist, but at the same time, I have very much like you know down home country values. Like that's kind of mm. how I am. So I'm very much culturally on the right as well. I mean, like I said, with the you know being an anarcho capitalist, I guess if you want to put me on the right for that as well. And I have seen some issues, you know, even personally coming from people from the left. And you know, like it's like I said, non-issue, whatever. I just block, move on. But it's just kind of like why. And like, I'm not really one of these people who gets all obsessed about like left, right unity. I don't really care. Right, right, like, right. But I think everything's context. Like, I don't care if you're a left winger, if you're right winger, I guess, obviously I'd prefer everyone in the world has the same view as me. Cause I think I'm right. And I feel like most people typically do, but I know that's not the case. And at the end of the day, like if I'm operating in a, the context of, you know, in parapolitics, I'm talking about Oklahoma city bombing. I don't care what your political persuasion is. I mean, I guess maybe I care a little bit. So it helps me informs me for how to talk to you or, you know, what things, you know, generally how to interact. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care. As long as you're willing to have a talk and hear what I have to say and I'll hear what you have to say. I really don't care because this really isn't, you know, whether the Oklahoma City bombing or whatever given thing isn't necessarily a left or right thing. So it's just simply, uh, this is a thing that happened. Uh, let's talk about the sources. What are your thoughts on it? What do you think's going on? But if you're like, oh, you're coming from the left or you're coming from right, like, okay, like, so what? Right. Are we voting right. on something right. here? Right. What's the issue? <laughs> right. Well, as I, you know, as I explained earlier, we're all complex, are we not? I mean, if you are not complex, then I would say that you're not informed. I mean, you have an opinion on everything. And independent seems kind of, oh, I don't really know. And I'm like, well, I would say I have an opinion on everything. Every song I've ever heard, I have an opinion on it, right? Like, I know if I like the song, if I don't like the song. I know if I like the band or I don't like the band. So we're all, we're all very complex. I do believe in the horseshoe um, as opposed you know, to this straight line of, uh, you know, left and right. excuse me um and and i really do believe in the horseshoe that the far left and the far right are not so far apart at the bottom of the horseshoe and there is a space there between the two that you know that's a gap but i would say the far left and the far right want the state off their back now the reasons they want the state off their back aren't the same and that's why they're the far left and the far right but they want the state off their back they kind of share a lot of things uh but one thing that they share is that the bad guy is not each other. The, the bad guys are the people at the top of the horseshoe. That is who they're the farthest away f- from in actuality um, are those at the top of the horseshoe on both sides, no matter how it rounds. 
you know, those are the bad guys. And I don't necessarily believe um, that they're bad as much as they are comfortable. Like I, I've told so many people in life, almost the worst thing in life that you can be is okay. Like you don't want to necessarily shoot for somewhere around a five in life. Like, how are you doing? I'm okay. How's your health? It's okay. How's your job? It's okay. How's your relationship? It's okay. Um, I find that those people sort of shoot for okay and they're never shooting for the eight to 10. They're always sort of happy around the five, as long as it, because at least a five's not a two. So a five is fine. I can live at a five. And I've always liked sort of trying to shoot for the eight to 10, you know, make things fantastic, have a great life. Like we're only doing this once and have a great life, have a meaningful life, do meaningful things, I impact people. Um, be as important at, as you can to other people who you love, who you care about. You know, try to uh, uncover th facts that haven't been uncovered before. But then, by God, share those. Like, don't hoard them to yourself because, oh, it's going to be in my next book. Um, and, you know, and if you would like to know more about it, buy the book. Well, how about we share this? I mean, this is important information. This is... I've always wondered as a sports fan, you, you know, I, all these guys in sports, these so-called sports journalists are always in a hurry to get the story first. It's a story that even if they didn't get it first, it would still come out within the next hour. It's not really that they're not uncovering anything. All they did is announce it first. There are people in our fields who are really uncovering things, who are doing real work, who are doing important work. And I'm so proud of those people and so, so proud to have a lot of that in Garrison. Um, you know, it's a real honor for me to do the magazine, to have people, you know, who can write about things that I could never write about as well. And this is why we have to rely on each other. I could have never, I could have never written the story that you wrote because that's so your story. Um, I couldn't do the stuff that Ed Tatro writes about in the magazine. I mean, he's, he's a machine. He's, he's phenomenal. I couldn't do a lot of the Oklahoma work, not like the experts on Oklahoma. Um, and there are experts in every field. So to be a full, complete team for the magazine, I have to work with so many other people. And for me to step down and say, look, you're the expert. I'm just going to make sure all the commas are in the right place and that you capitalize and spell things properly. But I'm going to rely on you and your work and your mind to impact these pages and to impact those who read these pages. So I do like to work with a variety of people. And even though I own the magazine, if you ask me if I've agreed with the thesis of every article that's ever been in the magazine, I can easily say no. But I felt like when I don't agree, I felt like, oh, that's an interesting perspective. I don't buy it, but it's an interesting perspective that people should probably have the option of believing, or at least the option of researching beyond this magazine. So I'm going to put it in there, even though I don't think I buy the, uh, you know, the thesis.
Yeah, absolutely. And again, we've touched on Steam a little bit. Like networking, it's huge. And I think, yeah. you know, the idea that you would in any way really be trying to be exclusive or whatever, or be putting people down that, I guess, I don't know, I guess depending, on, well, I don't know. I you know I think about it, I don't really feel like I've necessarily, generally speaking, most of the time, if I do get into a thing, it's usually because it got thrown my way. Uh, but yeah. e either way, my point being, you're going out of your way to, you know, try to tear people yeah. down, all, yeah. you know, that haven't really done anything to you or whatever. I, I just, I, you know, generally speaking, I, I do think, and I guess you kind of got this earlier, like if you don't like someone, don't interact with them. Because I, I, like, I do think networking's huge, and it, it sounds gross when you kind of explain it, and, and to some people it sounds skeevy. But if really at the end of the day, all it is is. Find people you the people you don't like, don't interact with. People you do like, mm -hmm. interact with, and you know build them up and kind of you know go from there. And that's kind of how I've been operating through this. And I'm really almost you know most of my the majority of whatever if you call it success or whatever the hell this is uh it's been you know from other people it's you know i lean on a ton of people i try to bring on journalists when i can people have different perspectives and you know say when it comes to oklahoma city stuff it's like it's mm -hmm. so much of this and my stuff is real came from other people and for me like mm -hmm. i understand what i am within this I'm just, you know, generally speaking, I'm, I'm trying to learn as much as I can because this is something I inter I'm interested in. But in a certain sense, I'm not the expert. And I know that. I mean, I know a decent, quite a bit, mm -hmm. a decent amount, I think. But in, in enough to kind of give people spiels and kind of like direct them to other sources. And that's kind of the role I feel is to kind of, you know, put, put the, you know, boost people's messages the best I can. And, but it also that doesn't mean I'm necessarily at odds with other people who do what I do uh, in the same way that I don't think experts are necessarily should be at odds with each other either. Cause Oklahoma city bombings are a great example. There's so many rabbit holes to go down, so many things to tug on. So the idea that you would anyway be trying to like be, the expert is just kind of, I find it kind of silly and borderline impossible. Like if anything, you should be wanting as many experts to move in as possible. Uh, you know, I mean, I, obviously there's going to be some bad that comes in and we kind of talked about the fed thing earlier and it's like, yeah, some people might be feds, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I generally think more people's better. Just, I you know, obviously like just if someone says something, they disagree with maybe address it that's really all it comes down to i mean hell in the oklahoma city bomb there's so many different narratives a lot of people are like i don't know i feel like that's like fed placed or whatever and you know that is that it is what it is that comes with the territory it also could be purely organic um so i guess that kind of leads into kind of I, I guess you know to touch on the movement thing and like I, I feel like between uh fed jacketing is the one term people use a lot when it comes to like hey this guy's a fed this guy's a fed mm -hmm. but i think yeah. we, we also have shit coding is, is a term people use a lot which i think you know kind of this left right parapolitics divide that we kind of have i think that you know the whole shit coding thing kind of plays in this left right thing because i think a lot of people have these ideas you know this kind of also plays into like if you had like a you know some expert that people thinks a fed or a bad actor right, it's kind right. of like the idea, like, if I'm me as a, you know, someone more on the right, I'm going to think, and I do think a lot of these lefties that are kind of operating, and I'm a, some of them I've seen, I think some of their views are abhorrent or, or maybe not even abhorrent that I just violent or just vehemently disagree with. And that's fine. But like, then people see that though, and they go, oh, well now people are going to see the, the, I don't know, the Oklahoma city bombing or whatever thing. And they're going to associate it with that. And I think a lot of that comes from people's perspectives, because if you're on the left, you may see someone like me and be like, oh, that's a sh that guy's shitcoding it. But then on the flip side, me being on the right, more on the right, I guess, uh, depending on your perspective, I could see someone on the left and be like, that guy's shitcoding, because now people are going to associate that with 
people who, I don't know, or say, for example, like the trans issue is probably a good one that want to, because that's probably something me and most of them would disagree on and be like, this is a guy who, you know, thinks that, you know, whatever thing about this. And, you know, we don't want that being pushed out. And I, I think that's where this issue a lot of times come from. People think that, oh, this won't be accepted in dignified society or whatever, which, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, honestly, I think in the past, maybe there was a little bit of an argument. Now we're getting to a point where if anything that holds, you know, no water or, you know, almost negative water, I guess, because we're in this sphere now where me, I mean, I'm not even that big of a like person within, you know, I guess influence or whatever you want to call it. I'm not even really that big. And I've been on, you know, multiple huge shows at this point. And, you know, no, no one was like, I've never had any really issues or people like, cause a lot of people know I have like another show. It's like a, between my political per- perspective and also I have another show where it's like an offensive comedy show. I've never had any issues with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, but if anything, it's all the little people that I've seen complain about it that haven't done anything. And I'm not saying that to be mean they're like oh this is going to keep you from being you know someone that you know moves within these spheres and you're like i don't know what you're talking about i haven't experienced right. this at all um but yeah i, I guess I, I said a lot there uh and i think it does kind of all tie in uh i guess kind of your thoughts on uh on you know between shit coding uh, fed posting and maybe how those two interact because i kind of was touch or not fed posting <laughs> but a fed jacketing because those two kind of kind of intermingle a little bit because there is also some people will say they're shit coding it's because they're they might be a fed and then you get into fed jacketing and that's a whole other issue i'm i'm very much of the opinion like don't get me wrong there are a lot of people in these fears that i think may be fed or fed adjacent but i don't usually run around going fed 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 because i mean Mm. like at the end of the day i I don't know there's not i don't really unless there's some you know solid facts Uh, for example in the libertarian party there's a guy named nick sarwak that at one point i think wikileaks dropped some shit where he was like I forget this how they showed it but he was on some you know fed list and so it's like oh wonder what's going on there now that <laughs> i might might point out and be like well that's weird uh but yeah, like yeah. unless i have something to go off of it's like I, I i don't know i don't know they're fed i might have my suspicions but you know i don't know anyways i'll pass it off to you well i think okay so there's a couple issues there there's one that's about linking and i think in the parapolitical research world, we're all linkers, right? Like we all say, oh, well, this guy in this story has a link to this other story. And he was married to the cousin of this person. And so now they're involved in three story. And uh, I, I think sometimes we make links where they aren't because it's pretty easy to do. But I also want to be careful that we don't, easily dismiss the links either uh because i don't think that you could link me to oklahoma in any way that's easy i don't think that you could link me to waco in any way that's easy i don't think you could link me to jfk or alan dulles or george bush or in in any way that's just a couple links over um so when it is easy to link someone to a lot of stories uh you do have to wonder um, why that is, but, but it's also not the end of the world. It's, it's also not the story, but I see this again, a lot at JFK conferences, you know, this is a 60 year old story this year, 60 years. And most of the researchers are sadly dying off each year because they're older. Now, a lot of them are over 80, you know, a lot of the guys who were in from the beginning are now well over 80 because this this is a case that's 60 years old. You wouldn't believe how much talk at these conferences is around how how many people here do you think are CIA? And my answer is always like, 
I don't know. I'm going to guess none. One, because it's a 60-year-old case. Because the story is already out of the sphere where no matter what you believe in it, no matter what you write, nobody's going to release a book now that's going to change the story. Nobody is going to, even if the CIA came out tomorrow, and I know a lot of people think I'm wrong about this. If the CIA came out tomorrow and said, yes, we just want to come straight, we killed JFK. I think the majority of the public kind of shrugs and they're like, yeah, we know. I mean, I mean, of course you did. I don't think it's, I, I, I don't think that that many people are emotional about it at this point. And so how much is the CIA spending on JFK conferences? I'm going to guess zero. And if they are, it's a retired agent who's from Dallas and they're like, and they're like, hey, Bob, can you just go over there and peek, peek around for an hour and we'll pay you for eight, you know, in the retirement fund or something. I mean, I, but what I think it does, and I, I could be wrong. I could always be wrong. What I think it does is it adds this importance to your work to say, yeah, I think the agency's on my back, right? It sort of means, yeah, I'm doing important stuff. You know, I'm doing important stuff. The agency's on my back. I must be getting somewhere, right? And what would it make the same person believe if the real answer was, yeah, the agency doesn't care about you. You're not doing anything that important. I think that's a major ego hit to someone who thinks what they're doing is so important that their life is in danger or could be, you know, I still watch, I still, I'm still careful, but I think it's ego. I think it's ego at this point. Again, it's a 60 year old story. I don't, I don't think the CIA cares at all about it, anyone in the field. I think what, what they do care about still are things that happen say after 1990 or so, I do think the 90s stories are still in play. I think Oklahoma is still in play. I think Waco is still in play. Obviously, 911 still in play. You know, the UFO case, the more the state admits that UFOs are real, the more I don't believe it. Um, and I'm like, and I was an Art Bell guy. Like, I wanted to believe for, for years and years and years, as long as the state was hiding it. Once the state's open about it, I'm like, all right, yeah, now I'm not buying it, right? Because they're they're obviously going to use this to go into space in some kind of way and to, uh, you know, use more satellite money and to have more block operations and, and to have this whole new enemy that must be fought. And it's going to be trillions of dollars are, are going to have to be spent for research and design to to fight this new enemy. And I just, you know makes me very skeptical at this point now but um it was hard for me to get to that point as, as an art bell guy i mean it, it was hard you know but i think we can't like it's okay to be an egoist but i don't think we can necessarily be egotistical about our importance in these realms um because i just don't think we're as important individually as we think we are the point where we become important is the point where we're when we're actually changing the perspectives, the walking perspectives of tens of thousands of high school kids, tens of thousands of college kids, tens of thousands of 
perspectives that aren't going to just believe the mainstream anymore, that don't just believe the news because it came out of Walter Cronkite's mouth or Dan Rather's mouth or whoever's mouth now. Um, Rachel Maddow or Sean Hannity's mouth. I mean, I if we can raise more children to sort of think alternatively, that I think would be important and that's where they would be worried which is why i sort of think you're starting to see more and more fighting over schools and and more and more struggles because i think that we're losing the battle at this point still um however i do think the COVID era changed education so much for the better and uh, and again i know that you know it's a it's a minority viewpoint but what happened during COVID was a lot of people were let out of school, were made to stay home. And so all the parents were mad because now their kids are at home. So they were just instantly mad. Like they're automatically mad. And I'm thinking to myself, well, this is not necessarily a bad thing. But what we saw was homeschooling skyrocketed during the COVID era. And what we've seen is that a lot of people who homeschooled during the COVID era, uh, kept homeschooling after they could go back to school. And I think this is fantastic. I think the fact that uh, we, we are now taking control over education in many ways um, is, is a great, great thing. And it showed me also, you know, the RV market was very high during the COVID era as well. RVs did extremely well and they're starting to tail off now because they were so hot during the COVID era. Well, a lot of people even said, you know what, we're just going to sell our house and we're going to educate the kids on the road and we're just going to see America and we're just going to go. We aren't going to be findable. We aren't going to be trackable. We aren't going to be traceable. We, you know, we're going to live action verb, live our lives. And how can that be a bad thing, right? Absolutely. Uh, I think you, you touch on uh, something interesting there, uh, kind of a little bit with your talk on like uh, I guess JFK and, but this also applies to other stuff, I think as well. And uh that Jesse Trinity gave, and it was kind of near the end where he's going to talk about his brother, Kenneth. And he goes, do I think I'll ever get, uh, you know, justice for the death of my brother? Uh, no. no. And he goes, uh, but what I can do is harm the reputation of the Department of Justice, and, right. uh, and, and that's what I plan to do essentially. And and I, but I, I think a lot of people see that as kind of like, oh, we're not going to justice. What's the point? And I'm like, that is the point. Whether this was mm -hmm. two years ago or a hundred years ago, the whole point is, in my opinion, is that the idea that we're really ever going to get justice in any regard from these entities. Yeah, you might get people here and there, but generally it's going to be you know, kind of like with the Epstein thing. I think that guards got like a slap on the wrist, the, you know, with the death or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's that's how these work out. Like you're never really going to get justice, but I think the, the real goal should be is just you're just trying to influence minds. I you know, in my head, the way I look at this is obviously I'm trying to get the message out, but mostly it's kind of like getting more people interested in these stories, which, you know, kind of brings up the next generation on top of that, it also gets other people looking in different angles of these things because there's so many different threads to tug on. And like even myself, just like little minor things, I've been like, oh, yeah, this little thing, you know, what? I should dig mm -hmm. into that thing. And then, you know, that has produced fruit. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, uh, I, I think that, you know, if we get more people thinking that way, looking like, oh, yeah, here's this one source, it's only been used once. Maybe I could talk to him. Maybe he has more information, right. stuff like that. And a lot of people don't pursue these little things. And if people are doing this kind of stuff on their own time and then they can siphon that off to, 
don't know, they could, you know, whether they find someone that they think is interesting or if you made a contact, they can contact me if it's something that they think, you know, could would benefit from being put out like this. They could contact like my buddy Ken Silva, who, you know, if, if they feel like this is more something a journalist would need to handle, mm -hmm. they could pass this on to like Wendy Painting, uh, you know, or if, if that feels more appropriate or somebody like Richard so that they can, mm -hmm. he can put it in his, uh, you know, in his, if it's something that could go to his uh, archive or whatever. Uh, you know, I think these things, like, we don't really see. It's like the seen and the unseen. We don't really see this stuff. But I guess to get back to the whole, you know, justice thing, I think that's all you really can do. I'm kind of, I kind of been working this idea, the kind of uh, idea of, like, there's almost two realities going on. And it's kind of like a play in words a little bit because it's the idea that perception is reality. And so we kind of have this idea of, like, what general like the collective sub you know, or the collective consciousness like kind of what they think and you know uh that, that's and you know what we've been thought to think and you know, kind of almost like false reality and then we're mm -hmm. trying to get to this real reality of like what really is going on uh and i i think that's kind of the idea is to get people closer to that like prime reality or that where their their perception is closer to what reality is because mm -hmm. i think that kind of takes away the power from these bigger entities uh, that you know kind of perpetrate these sort of things because i think in a certain sense i think a lot of this comes down to creating and i know it sounds kind of woo woo but i can break it like i'm fully capable of breaking it down in a non-woo woo way but this is probably a simple way but it's like i think a lot of this is creating trauma cycles and mm -hmm. and you know right. and right. this then those trauma cycles have certain effects and I think if you, if we get enough people to kind of get closer to this prime reality, it takes away that power of the trauma cycle. I mean, there'd still be a sum, like let's say some entity kills 200 people. Like obviously it's still gonna have some level of trauma, but if you're able to see behind the curtain and understand the mechanisms that are occurring, it makes it less scary in a certain way. I know a lot of people mm -hmm. will be like, oh, that's blackpilling. Well, not necessarily because if you're seeing through their bullshit and if more people are seeing through their bullshit, it takes away the power of the bullshit because you're no longer reacting. If anything, it does the opposite because instead of running into the arms of the, you know, the security state or whatever, you do the exact opposite and go, you're who I need to get away from. And I right. think more people react that way. That's, that's, that's what we really, I think most people really should be the way they should see as opposed to this idea that I'm going to pursue this and I'm going to get justice for so-and-so. And it's like, that's great and all that's, that's a, that's a kind of a beautiful sentiment, but I think it's a little bit, uh, most of the time implausible. Uh, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that. Yeah. I mean, I know that you didn't mean trauma cycle as in a, an, an, an actual trauma cycle, but it's interesting to me when I hear people say things like, I couldn't live without my therapist. I mean, I couldn't live without what they do for me. And I'm like, my God, that is so scary. I mean, I, I any time that you have a reliance. So let's take that idea and let's move it into world events. Um, when something happens, the first thing that a lot of people do is turn on the news, the television news. In essence, they can't live through the moment without the television news telling them what happened and how to think about it. And so they're still looking for ways that they need to be led. And I don't know if that's getting through a trauma cycle or what, but it seems like it is and using the news. The interesting part of all of this is that everyone sort of has two ideologies. Everyone sort of has this, what I call your, um, <laughs> for lack of a better word, ideological ideology, <laughs> which 
is the ideology that you talk about in a text or that you talk about in a posting or that you talk about in an article. It's everything that you want to believe. But then you have the sort of walking ideology, which is everything that you actually believe. And everything you actually believe and everything you want to believe are not the same things. Well, like I said, it's the anti-capitalist who is arguing over his salary with his employer, being a hyper-capitalist in that moment, though he's professing that he's an anti-capitalist. Um, it is people tend to, when they're polled, th do you believe the news? People tend to say no by and large. But when someone says, Jose, you won't just, you won't believe what just happened in West Palm Beach. And you're going to say, I don't think that happened. He's going to turn to you and say, what? It did too. I just saw it on the news. Right? So even though most of society says they don't believe the news, their walking ideology is that they absolutely believe what they just saw on the news. Absolutely. So you have this sort of ideology, you know, that is your goal ideology. That's the ideology that you want to believe in, that you want to think about certain things. But if you can't get your walking ideology to overlap, you know, with your goal ideology, you're you're in trouble. I mean, it's because it's your walking ideology that counts long term, not your goal ideology. Absolutely. Uh, so we're kind of getting near the end here. I, I sure. did want to kind of touch on. I know. I know you said it seems like kind of your pet things are uh, are OK or not OKC, but JFK and then Watergate. Obviously, mm -hmm. mine's kind of OKC. Uh, I, I kind of want to, I guess I'll make this a two part question. Uh, kind of, what is your like probably next order of like import, like, you know, conspiracy or whatever thing you're very interested. And then also I just kind of want to get like uh, your thoughts on the idea of kind of like, obviously I think there's room for both, but I, I just kind of like, mm -hmm. I, don't know, I, mean, I feel like you probably have some thoughts on the subject. The idea of like, cause I think me and you probably have the same idea and I, I kind of struggle with it sometimes cause uh, you know, the, the difference between like being a jack of all trades and kind of being like an expert or whatever, because I'm in this spot too, where I'm always struggling to do my best to try to provide, you know, every time I go to like on shows to talk about local city bombing or, or even make posts or whatever, I try my best to try to be as, uh, you know, as informed or as, uh, you know, accurate as possible. But, you know, especially with, you know, things like OKC and plenty of other things, there are so many different, like the sources have sources and those sources have sources mm -hmm. and those That's sources right. have sources that conf you know, conflict against those sources. And so then you have to figure out how to interpret these sources. And so you can kind of get in this like, you know, rabbit hole and just minor details. <laughs> so yes. like, you know, or I guess I say minor, but you know, a lot of times devil is in the details. So mm -hmm. I'm not even trying to like dispute that there is importance there. But the point is like, it's not feasible for someone like me, yeah. you know, who, you know, has a show yeah. where I cover a range of topics or you, or, yeah. uh, you know, you, you tend to probably cover a range of topics given your, your, or, or you know, kind of, you know, dabble in a, a range of topics considering kind of like your, your journal and such. So mm -hmm. I, I guess I'd like to get thoughts on that, you know, kind of, you know, that, cause that is something I, I, I kind of have this like tug on cause it's like, I have other content, other things I'm interested, other content I want to cover. 
Uh, and I also just can't like make a show out of nothing but OKC content. But right, it's like right. also at the same time, I'm kind of fighting this battle where like I almost feel bad if I'm not perfect, essentially. So yeah. I, 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 I'll, I'll pass it off to you. No, it's, you know, it's really tough. I mean, reading takes time and reading takes a lot of time. And I, I really enjoy reading, but I wish I had thousands and thousands and thousands of more hours in a week where I could just read. But, um, you know, I, I run my, I mean, I run the magazines. I run my own business here. Like this is, I'm my own employee like i'm my sole employee uh i try to read as much as i can i try to stay informed as much as i can but this is also why we're all a team right like because we all have to be experts in our own little things and then rely on each other and it's okay to rely on each other i think that's fine to rely on each other not everybody is expected i don't think to be an expert in 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 every field i would say that watergate is my number one interest and always has been JFK has always been number two as an Illinoisan. Um, number three might surprise you, but the murder of Abraham Lincoln, excuse me again, actually by John Wilkes Booth, um, has always been fascinating to me. I think I have all, I've got uh, maybe a hundred books on the, on the topic, just on the murder of loan. Um, Obviously, it goes much higher than, you know, than John Wilkes Booth, obviously. Uh, and the ties to Montreal, actually, the ties to London, the ties all over Europe. It's a, you know, the whole thing is a fascinating story that I need to write much more about um, and that we need to do more on in the magazine as well. But that is probably going to end up by the end of the year, my number two topic with JFK going down to third, because I'm almost at the point where I've... I think we've gone about as far as we can go on JFK. As you explained perfectly, all the details have been uncovered as well as they can be by some people who have been over the years very good at it. And there's a lot of arguing now over the minutia and over the, you know, what, you know, the angles of the shots. Well, I have a feeling it, it, let's just say for easy numbers, let's just say there were, 10 people involved on the ground that day in Dallas, 10 people with all the spotters, all the shooters, all the, I really believe instead of arguing over who they might be, I truly believe if you told me the names of all 10 right now, we would probably not know any of them. Um, so the ones that we're arguing over, I think are false arguments. Uh, but you know, facts are interesting um knowledge is interesting and this always brings me back to a discussion i have often about e howard hunt uh e, e howard hunt was in essence a paid liar i mean he was intelligence that's what he did he covered for a lot of things does that mean because jose history is hard so does that mean that you shouldn't believe everything E. Howard Hunt ever wrote or anything E. Howard Hunt ever said. No, that doesn't mean that he lies a hundred percent of the time. That doesn't mean that he lied about everything. Um, sometimes in some stories, he was in a unique position to know quite a bit. And even if he lied for certain reasons about a small part of it to keep his own name out of it, some of the things that he talked about were probably true. Um, 
do I believe his tape? Do I believe his uh, final cassette recording? Well, which was not really at the very end of his life, but uh, I mean, I believe he was going in the right direction. I believe part of that is factual. Um, again, he tries to sort of keep himself out of it. Um, so who knows? And the thing is, I don't think we're ever going to find a smoking gun document that lays out the plan and who financed it. And who, it doesn't exist. And it's not going to exist in almost every case that you and I are going to spend our careers talking about. So we're out here just making links and just trying to think action verb think as much as we can. And, but what we come up with, even without the smoking gun is still more plausible than any textbook version of Lee Harvey Oswald acting alone. And, um, you know, there are so many strands. There are so many roads. There's so all that we can do is keep the work going. And this is why I don't want to destroy anyone in the community, because even to people who have opposite views on a story, both have parts that I think I can take and use and be valuable. And um, they're both doing good work that, you know, in the end, they just don't agree. I mean, <sighs> You know, in in the Oklahoma story, you know, who is John Doe number two? Okay. <laughs> There's been a multitude of names battered around. I don't think we would know the name again if we heard it. Um, but I'm also open to being completely wrong about that and it being one of those names that we all know. Uh, I'm fine with that too. Um, what would that tell us? I don't know. It, it would be very important. It would link a lot of things. Uh, but is there ever going to be that, that document that lays out the entire plan? I don't think that about any of these cases. So history is hard and we have to continue to do hard work and we have to continue to think as much as we can. And we have to continue to lay out a story for all of these cases that is absolutely more plausible you know, in the textbook version of any of these stories. Absolutely. I definitely think I may have to get you on later to cover Lincoln. Cause that is like, yeah, a, let's done, do that. Yeah. I've, I've done, I've gone a little bit of rabbit hole there and I always did find it very interesting. I know there was a lot more, most people, the, the dumbed down version was just Wilkes Booth and, and then yeah. also the dumbed down version being, you know, uh, you know, he, Lincoln was a hero and, you know, Wilkes was a villain uh, I'm very, I mean, I don't know your perspectives on Lincoln and, you know, when it came to the Civil War and stuff like that. I'm very much, a, mm. I'm very sympathetic to the South in, in that, that sense. I think they, I'm personally of the opinion they should have been able to secede. And that, uh, not that I'm like some South stand. It's just kind of my political beliefs. I think if someone wants to voluntarily break off, they should be able to. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's a very interesting, there's a lot to, a lot to unpack there. And there is a lot of interesting stuff there. So I'd, I'd be mm -hmm. definitely interested in digging into that one. For yeah, sure. well, yeah, well, we can do that in a few months for sure. I've been Absolutely. thinking about writing more about it. So um, and, and I'm going to get into a few other things as well, other than the Lincoln story, but the Lincoln story is probably going to be one of the things that I focus on over the next year personally, um, just because I need to just let the JFK thing go. I mean, yeah. it's just not that I don't care about the story anymore. Not that I don't think it's important. I think it's extremely important. They murdered a president, not that 
a president of the United States is more important than any single human being in America. I don't think they are, but you can't just let it go. I mean, you can't just let it go completely, but my point is, I think we've done all the work that needs to be done. I think we, we proved 30 years ago that it wasn't Oswald acting alone. At, after that, everything else was just adding a little bit of color to the black and white story. I mean, but we showed, you know, shortly after, we showed 30 years ago or more that it, it was not Oswald acting alone. Yeah. So, I mean... The, for me, it's already solved. Like the case is solved. It's not Oswald. Yeah, I, gonna, okay. I don't have to show you who it is, just to show you who it's not. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of curious. Uh, you know, what was? Um, are you? Do you feel like you're personally losing interest in the JFK in a certain sense, or do you? Is it? Or is it? Is it that? Or or are you? You know, just kind of like you just feel like there's not as much of a reason to, or is it a mixture of both? Because I'll tell you, like, I know a mm -hmm. lot of people tell me all the time, will be like, "Oh, you're doing such great work uh, with mm -hmm. this or that." You're, you're, you know, I'm glad you continue to. You're like, or be like, "Oh, it's like you're being a hero or whatever." And like, really, for me, like as I kind of gave you my personal philosophy earlier, mm -hmm. it's really none of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's nice. That's cool. And I do think in a certain sense, some of that comes from, cause I feel like it's important. And, uh, so I guess that kind of like comes from, but it's honestly just because I want to, I'm interested. So because of that, I'm continuing mm -hmm. to del mm -hmm. delve into it and can, you know, keep going. And at, you know, I'll probably likely drop it at some point if I ever get bored with it, but I'm still not, mm -hmm. it still interests me. I still find new, mm -hmm. new things. And I, you know, I, I find it exciting. I feel like there's there's a good opportunity right now that's like open mm -hmm. to research. I think there's a new interest. I think I, I find it even just personally, like I'll be, I may mm -hmm. be able to find more people with my platform that are willing to talk, that have information or whatever, or, mm -hmm. or just shake up a few things and, you know, make things happen. So I, I, I find it personally interesting in that way. So that's why I continue to go after it. I, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, we don't really, it's not a huge, I'm just kind of genuinely curious, kind of like, is yeah, it no, it's a um, losing interest? Cause I can understand yeah. that. It's not really a personal loss of interest. It's that I've got the books. I've read the books. I've heard the conference speeches, the same speeches, you know, three or four times from each person. Um, I feel like I know what I need to know. I felt like I knew it wasn't Oswald 30 years ago. Um, I just don't know that there's much more that we can do as a community that is going to, if you're asking me, will I do the JFK case for high school and college kids? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. In a heartbeat. Um, I share this magazine with over a hundred high school educators of history in America for free. I just, ask them to promise me that they will at least use one article in each issue in class in some kind of way. And I give them the magazine. I want it to be passed down. So I want this to be used for someone who is in college and who just heard about the JFK case in detail for the first time. You have a whole world ahead of you and you have some great works out there ahead of you and you'll spend 30 years in it and God bless you because it's a phenomenal field as far as the work, as far as the work is concerned. However, having 
been a reader in the field for over 30 years now. I just think I've got, I mean, I, I think I've got it. I think I've got enough. I think the hierarchy kind of uh, ruined my excitement about the field at a lot of the conferences. Um, I don't necessarily want to have to deal with them. Uh, I want to deal with the JFK people that I like who have been nice to me, the ones I know personally. Um, so it's not so much losing interest as I, I, I just think I've hit my end of the line of what I can know and what I can do. I, I just, I'm not really curious, which is a scary thing uh, about any more facts of the case. I think I know it's, I, I think I know it's not Oswald. Um, it doesn't matter to me necessarily how many people shot from what angle and who was at a party the night before and the details of who was Angleton's boss and who was under Angleton here and who was this and how did that hierarchy at the agency work? I, 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 all right, I got it. I mean, I'm just not as curious as I once was about the minutia. And I think I'm a hundred percent positive it wasn't Oswald, and that's and and I'm fine with that at this point. Yeah, no, I completely get that. I, I think that's kind of the same thing in a sense of you lo- you're losing interest in that context, uh, although yeah. you're still interested in other contexts. So mm-hmm. that makes sense, uh, and you know that's really cool. I didn't know you were sending educators. So my uh, there may legit be uh, yeah. some class out there teaching about Kenneth Trinity. Yes, that's yes, cool. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you it's in over a hundred schools and. I let the school choose what article, you know, they would like to use in class. But I said, you know, you you don't have to use it as your main text, but I said, just use it as here's an alternative to what we're talking about now. And um, yeah, when they get to Oklahoma, yeah, they may be using your article. Yes. That's cool. I would suggest using Richard's because it's probably better. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost certainly better, but you know, whatever. That's cool. I mean, that yeah. might be more interesting for kids. I, I'd actually, you right, know right, what? Right. Now that I say that, uh, depending on what age group you're dealing with and their their, their specialty, I'd actually say my article's probably better for for kids. Well, the thing about your article, uh, you know, the thing about your article is it's a microcosm that can actually be a story that happens in any of these cases because mm-hmm. I, I've heard stories exactly like that in almost every case, yep. exactly like that. So the fact that, you know, that one happens to be Oklahoma, there are exact stories like that in every other case as well. I mean, and in that way, it would be a great story to use as an example of that. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, it was, but to be clear, there's no, no put off for Richard. That was, I just, his, his are definitely way more academic. No, he's art. great. Yeah. No, <laughs> he's, he's, great. he's, so. he's, a, he's, if that <laughs> he in painting, mm-hmm. obviously yeah. at this point, uh, because you know, Roger Charles has passed away. So he and painting for sure are probably the two leading experts on Oklahoma in the world at this time, I would Absolutely. think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I would, yeah, I'd say that for sure. And even then like, you know, they're both, they, they kind of c- cover different ground too. So, you know, it's great. I think, you know, I'd like to see more people like them. 
Yeah, uh, maybe I might include maybe Jesse Trinity uh, among them, but he's not really mm-hmm. interacting with the world in that way because he's right, t- t- right, taking it legally. Right. But uh, yeah, uh, with that, I guess we're we're kind of we, we're at a good point. Uh, if you want to go ahead and drop cool. your plugs, we'll go ahead and get out of here. I appreciate you coming along. This has been a fun conversation. Well, uh, if you want to get the magazine, and I hope that you do, at least try one issue because I think you'll like it. And it doesn't really matter what issue you, you decide to try because I think you'll like any of them. And then you'll probably want to get a few more of them. It does help them go into schools. It helps me stay alive. I don't hardly make anything off of that journal. Um, I do the writing elsewhere. I, I do work elsewhere to try to actually pay bills, but it's really, um, it's a blessing to be able to do it and to work with the writers that I do and to work with the people that I do and, uh, try one issue. And I, I, I don't think you'll be sorry at all. And we'll have the link in the show notes. It's way too long for me to actually read here, but the link will be in the show notes, but I think you'll be happy with it. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I agree. It's a very cool book. My daughter actually read my piece and, you know, liked it. The journal in general was kind of thumbing through it. So it's, it's, it's very cool. I, I agree. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, you know, for those who want to follow me, uh, you know, this is a No Way Jose show. It's on YouTube. While Major Odd Pockets Odyssey as well. If you want to follow, if you want to follow my socials, I'm uh, you know biggest best place probably uh, Twitter at uh, Tower Gang Jose. Uh, you know, if you do want to support me, to kind of you know Patreon.com's No Way Jose 2020 because uh, you know as ST was saying, like uh, you know, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I don't make hardly shit off this. So and uh, you know, I'm not like complaining. So if, uh, but you know, I'd love to be able to go like part time or hell maybe one day in the future full time with this or just even where it supplements my income in a decent amount because the more money that goes in this the more time I'm able to justify putting into it or and and more things I can pull out of my life to make more time for it so if this is something you find value out of I'd highly suggest same thing with uh, ST you know if you find value of what he's doing go go buy Garrison for sure uh, go check out his show all his stuff uh, you what's your show the midnight writers I believe something like yeah that. the mid it's it's the midnight writer news show Mm-hmm. And it can be found on all of you know the pod, uh, pod catchers that are out there, Spotify, iTunes. You are going to look up the Midnight Writer as in a person who writes with a pen at the Midnight Writer News Show. And it is everywhere. There's about 180 episodes so far to date. Um, everybody from all the JFK experts to I had on john lear twice before he died two of my favorite episodes because it just gets wild um i've had on a lot of people i can't i I can't just sit here now and name all of them but it's a pretty cool guest list and uh on a wide array of topics from uh jfk to watergate to oklahoma to is William Shakespeare actually the writer of Shakespeare's works? Yes, all of that. Uh, so uh, check out the Midnight Writer News Show and anywhere that you find podcasts. Yeah, Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, I check, I've checked out a decent amount of it. It's a good show. Uh, you know, I think uh, uh, you know you had Richard on not too long ago. I think he did the mm-hmm. best breakdown of uh, the Yiki story that I think I've seen anywhere. Uh, so that that was great. Uh, you know, it, it is funny between like me, you, Richard, all these different pe- the people that are kind of interacting these fears. Most of us really don't make shit off this, and <laughs> I can only not. imagine what fucking monsters we would be 
in a yeah. good way, if we actually somehow could get word to where we were working part-time or full-time on these things, because yeah. it, it would be ridiculous to what we could accomplish. So definitely support people, support CST. Mm -hmm. uh, if you find value, if you find value out of people, definitely do that. But I appreciate you having you coming on. Absolutely. ST. Thank you so much for having me on your show. You really do a great job online as well. And it's just important to engage everybody in thought. And you do a fantastic job with that, Jose. So, you know, thank you so much for doing that as well. Uh, thank you. Uh, and if you guys like this, like, share, subscribe, co comment, all that good stuff. Bump it up in the algos. I'd appreciate it. And with that, we are out.